Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 doom what doom yesterday or the day before i can't remember which uh, nothing matters uh the head of the cdc said with a shaking voice that she has a sense of impending doom because of the surge in COVID cases, at least I think that's what she's afraid of. Uh, doom means, I'm pretty sure it means uh, we're doomed and we have no chance. Uh, we're doomed. So, I mean, if that, if impending doom is, if it's impending, we're ready to be doomed. Anyway, uh, it means we have no chance. So how does that explain what Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, said a little while ago? He just said that he expects to have full stadiums in the fall. He said, quote, we want to see every one of our fans back. We expect to have full stadiums in the coming season. Now, it's uh, going to be April 1st here real soon. And uh, April, May, June, July, at, uh, in four months, uh, they're going to be playing exhibition games. Um, that's 32 teams. That's 30 cities where our uh, leaders are going to be uh, allowing 60 or 70,000 people to sit right next to each other. Will they be wearing masks? And will they be allowed to cheer? Because, I mean, you know that the cheering spreads those droplets. So so what is it? Are we doomed or not? Now, I'm sure the CDC and the geniuses running the various city governments will be telling us uh, what we have to do if we want those full stadiums in the fall. And we're going to have to behave if we want to get that. But are you willing to bet a nickel that that's going to happen based on what you've seen up to this point? And by the way... Speaking of impending doom, the Toronto Blue Jays announced today that they won't be playing home games in Toronto until at least late May. That's uh, two months. Their first three home stands will be in Dunedin, Florida, at their spring training facility that seats 8,500, but they're only going to let let, uh, 15% capacity down there in, in Florida because, as you know, if you listen to the show, Canada is worse than the United States when it comes to COVID hysteria. I was told yesterday by someone who lives in Ontario that uh, her daughter just went back to work as a server in a restaurant, and she's required to wear, are you ready, goggles. That's right. One year after being told we had to flatten the curve in Canada, they're afraid to play baseball, and they're wearing goggles to work in a restaurant. And the workers everywhere have to wear them. Sorry, but I think we may be doomed, and it's uh, not for the same reasons that the people running the CDC do. I just think we're doomed because of the people who are, <laughs> like, because of the people like the people who run the CDC. Anyway, when we come back, lots of racial tension in the air in Minneapolis and all over the country with the uh, Derek Chauvin trial moving along up there. And we're going to have a professor of a, of a historically black university here to tell you that there's lots of good news about race in America that you're not being told. Stick around. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through dollar bank get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100 percent vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere you'll also get 10 percent off your total project when you mention this show Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrus, P 
Pittsburgh.com. When was the last time you watched your home movies? Do you have a VCR anymore? What about a film projector? With technology constantly changing, most families don't have a way to enjoy their recorded memories, trapped on VHS, camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos. That's why we created Legacy Box over a decade ago. Legacy Box is an affordable mailed-in kit to have your aging media digitized to DVD, thumb drive, or the cloud. Our trained technicians digitize everything by hand right here in the U.S. Imagine being able to easily relive weddings, graduations, baby's first steps, and more. Get started future-proofing your memories today so you can gather the whole family together and begin the trip down memory lane. Plus, for a limited time, we're offering 40% off. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get an exclusive 40% off. Buy today to take advantage of this incredible offer and send in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is Dennis Prager along with my fellow host Mike Gallagher. We both want to invite you to join us for a trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land this October 27th to November 5th. I've been all over the world, but I can never get enough of the great state of Israel. You will be amazed and inspired in your faith. Dennis and I have planned every detail minute by minute of this trip to make sure you have the best experience possible. We're confident by October our trip will be safe, especially because Israel is the leading country in the world in COVID vaccinations. Join us as we sail on the Sea of Galilee in boats that are replicas of the ones Jesus sailed in with his disciples. Walk the steps of the old city of Jerusalem and join us for a Shabbat service that will reenact the old traditions. It's something you'll never forget. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Aren't you ready to travel again? We are. So come join us. If you're a radio listener, one thing I'm certain of is that you're not tuning in to listen to me. So I'm sorry about the next 45 seconds. But we have specifically chose this station because we think we're similar and we love for you to see why our mortgage team might be a good fit for you or someone you care about. One, we've got a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. There's no middleman, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Two, our faith is a big deal to us, and we're open about that. If we seem like a fit for you, we'd love to talk. We are United Faith Mortgage. UnitedFaithMortgage.com. Nice. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Ryan Rack, animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Lots of racial tension in the air this week, and not just in Minneapolis, where Derek Chauvin is on trial for the murder of George Floyd. Uh, and most of what you hear about race will be bad news when you hear about race. Uh, but Wilford Riley, Wilford C. Riley, is a political science professor at Kentucky State University, author of several books, including Taboo, Ten Facts You Can't Talk About, says there's a lot of good news that they won't tell you about uh, race in America. And he joins us now. Wilford, thanks for coming on again. Yeah, good to be back on the show, John. So um, let's start with uh, your, your, the headline of your piece is that talks about what they won't tell Who's they? Who are they that aren't telling us the, the good news? I mean, I know that includes a gigantic group of people, but pick someone. Well, I, I, I think there really is kind of a they. I guess what people normally mean by that is the people that control what a, a wonk like myself would call discourse. So when you look at the mass media in the USA, and talk radio is actually a great exception to this, but if you look at television, if you look at the major newspapers like the New York Times, the Washington Post, if you look at the colleges where the professors are 92% liberal, almost entirely kind of lower upper class, you look at the great charities like the ACLU, the SPLC, there really is a group of people that's very disproportionately well-off, liberal, coastal, urban, so on that controls a lot of of what we see and hear. And you very often, subtly at the margins, notice that whole companies that try to compete with that, like Parler, for example, tend to disappear. So that's the they, I guess, I have in mind. Yeah, and where does most of the disinformation originate? Is it the media or politicians or both? 
I think a lot of this is the media. I think there's kind of a vicious circle here where all those groups that I mentioned, sort of very left-leaning academia, when you look at, for example, the trans rights issue, um, the ACLU, the SPLC, the NAACP, those great groups which are as powerful as any corporation or union, the journalists, at, for example, the WAPO, all these people move in very similar circles. So it's sometimes hard to tell where where news begins. But very often you will see this cycle where something, I guess in this case, this would come from the activist world, from the Ben Crumps first. But this idea that, for example, there's a police genocide against brothers, against young black men, mm-hmm. begins. And this, this immediately gets out into the mainstream media and you start seeing stories like, here's how many black men have been killed just since George Floyd's death and so on. And that, that gets into network television, so on down the line. And at no point is it ever mentioned that the total number of unarmed black men killed by police since Mr. Floyd is something like nine. So there often right. are these panics. Um, and this goes back a while. I mean, the first one of these I can remember thinking was young child kidnapping back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, back uh, the, the, there were people there are people who won't let their their uh, kid go to the mailbox at the street. Uh, to pick up the mail because they're afraid he's going to be kidnapped, and your chances, their chances of being kidnapped, are so much less now than they were 50 years ago. It's ridiculous, but uh, it's just the it's it's just the perception that's out there. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. This is if I were going to make one point to an intelligent group of listeners for this entire conversation, it would be this point: what you see in the media doesn't necessarily have anything at all to do with reality. <laughs> I mean. Well. When you look at this focus on interracial crime, for example, which you see on both the left and the right, I always Mm -hmm. say this, but interracial crime first is more black on white than white on black. That's not even really the point. The point is that that's about five or six percent of crime. The person most likely to kill you is your wife. But people aren't going to be scared by stories about mundane, everyday life. Take your wife to dinner once a week is not going to be a New York Times headline. So instead right. of all this esoteric crap, planes falling out of the sky, you know, eight white guys are going to kill you if you're black, the animal attacks, that really has nothing to do with anything. It's meant to scare us. It's meant to sell products. But it has real-world negative effects to the point where most people don't know the good news about American business or unemployment or race relations or whatever, COVID-19. Yeah, we're talking to Wilfred C. Riley. He's a professor at uh, Kentucky State University. The piece that you have up at Commentary Magazine uh, today, you have a lot of examples of the misconceptions that are out there, and you do acknowledge that racism, racism exists and that you as a black man have experienced it, but that quote, this is a quote from your piece, It is also true that an ambitious young man or woman of color applying to virtually any selective college or university to say nothing of government or Fortune 500 jobs enjoys a substantial advantage over an equally qualified white peer. How much agreement do you find out there on that statement? Well, I mean, I think if you're talking to either white or black executives behind the scenes, I mean, 100 percent agreement in public. People tell a lot of lies when you're in the business world. I've been there myself. But I mean... Realistically, so a lot of the things that I said in the article are things that in actual executive business or in actual quantitative, we'd call it academia, aren't really disputed by anyone. I mean, Mm -hmm. so I point out that there is still some racism. There was recently a very well done study of apartment rental, sort of up high class apartments in a number of cities that found about a 7 or 8% rate of discrimination against black people. And some of that may have to do with we're a bit younger, perceived higher crime, but some of it was just racism. So, okay, that, that is there. But the simple reality is that in response to that, I mean, in the USA desegregated back in 1954, we passed the Civil Rights Act that makes this technically illegal. I mean, some of those businesses are probably going to be sued back in 1964. And we implemented pro-minority affirmative action in, if I recall correctly, 1967. So in reality, if my son or my nephew applies to not even Harvard, Purdue, you know, they're going to have about a hundred point advantage over a white buddy, an equally qualified, you know, peer from the team. So to just say, well, there's racism and not point out these obvious responses. Well, yeah, but it's illegal, but minorities have an advantage in most of the business world and so on. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's, again, scaring people with something that's not real. Yeah, and you have people, speaking of scaring people, you have people like LeBron James uh, <laughs> coming out and, and, and being hailed as a hero, by the way, for saying things like, uh, black men can't go out on the street, we're hunted, I think is what he said. 
were hunted every day. And people nod in agreement and think that he's wondering. They're comparing him to Muhammad Ali. And he's, 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 he couldn't be more clueless. But he's, he's, a, hey. he's, he's an authority now. Yeah, I, I think it's important to realize there, there is a book, which obviously comes from the right, which is well-written and funny, called Shut Up and Sing. I mean, that looks mm-hmm. at... And I mean, they talk about some of these right-wing country stars in there, too. It's primarily on the left, Alanis Morissette and so on. But they talk about the involvement of you know, Green Day, these rock musicians, these rappers, actors, and so on, in serious politics, where you have, like, Sean Penn opening up the International Conference on Climate Change and so on. And the author's conclusion is just, this doesn't make any sense. These people are experts in their field. They're not experts in any other field. And, yeah, what LeBron James said, I mean, so first of all, there are 40 million black Americans. In a typical year, although we have a higher crime rate than white Americans, the total number of black Americans <laughs> lost to homicide is like seven to 8,000. So you've got a one in hundreds or more chance of, of this happening. Now, the number of those people that are killed by whites in a typical year is like 250. And then you get into police and so on down the line. So at least yeah. there's a case if you're saying we need to crack down on gang crime or something like that. But saying as you go out the door as a six foot five upper class black guy, you're being followed down the street by mobs. That's just nonsense. People should point out that's nonsense. Uh, do you think that most people believe that white people as a group earn more money than, uh, than uh, any other ethnic group? I think so. I, I think people have gotten used to... So, uh, essentially, this kind of simplistic, Ibram Kendi, like, diversity training on your trading floor kind of view of race relations is if there's a gap between two groups in terms of, say, income, that has to be due to racism because the only other option is evil genetic inferiority. The reality, first of all, is that that's itself a pretty stupid idea. I mean, there are a ton of what you could call cultural or structural variables that actually affect things like how much money people make. I mean, so for example, what's the average age for different groups? Um, what is, where, where do people live? So African-Americans and working poor whites are much more likely to live in the South than, for example, Asians. Um, what, what's the study culture? What are the test scores for the group? But I mean, when you look at income in the USA, you don't even need to do that kind of in-depth analysis because whites aren't the highest performing group. Uh, the richest group in the country is Indian Americans, you know, Japanese Americans, Jewish Americans, Nigerians. Most of the top 10 groups aren't white in that kind of conventional Anglo-Saxon sense. So that's almost impossible for kind of the quote unquote social justice position to deal with. What does the success of uh, Nigerians uh, say about the claims of systemic racism? Well, I mean, it's a, to be polite, it is a challenge to it. <laughs> so the argument, <laughs> essentially the Ibram Kendi argument is these gaps have to reflect racism. And with all these different groups, Mexicans, Japanese Americans, we see that if you adjust for you know age, region, and study culture, some groups finish ahead of whites, some groups finish behind whites. And if someone wants to be really persistent, they could say, well, but the big split is between blacks and whites. What about the gap between blacks and whites? The response there is that black immigrants do as well as any other immigrants. If you look at earnings by race in the USA, I mean, you've got Nigerians make about $70,000 a year. Ghanaians make a little more. West Indians make as much as whites. I don't mean to say this mockingly, but one of the very few large black groups to do worse than whites is African-Americans. Immigrants often come here and you know, kick everybody's butt to keep it PG, beat blacks and whites. The question is why? And their obvious answer is dad in the home and so on. What is the, um, so what, like uh, in, in Canada, for example, there are the, the, the percentage of the population of blacks in Canada is uh, smaller than it is here, I believe. Um, uh-huh. yeah. how, uh, are, how, are, how do Canadian blacks do um, compared to American black young men as you know, far as um, education, uh, economic success, you know, su- uh, success in jobs, careers, that kind of thing? Do you know? Because it, um, it, 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 it depends what you mean by black Canadians or Canadian blacks. I mean, black Americans that moved to Canada from Detroit do about as well as black Americans. But, for example, black West Indians who move from the Jamaican elite into cities like Toronto do about as well as white Canadians. So Mm -hmm. we've gotten used to kind of this, we call it a one variable or a univariate picture, where you see a gap and you immediately look at race. And if there's a racial difference, you attribute the gap to race. But that doesn't adjust for the fact that within the same group, there are 300% differences in income and in success. 
so black West Indians or black Nigerian lords do better than white people, whereas, you know, single moms in the cities that are African-American do worse than, you know, the Appalachian folks living around me here in Kentucky. So race yeah. by itself explains almost none of this. You have to look at other things. You have to look at how hard people try and how well people have been trained and so on down the line. We're talking to uh, Wilford Riley, a political science professor at Kentucky State University, author of several books, including Taboo, Ten Facts You Can't Talk About. Um, and he has a piece up today at uh, Commentary Magazine. It's a really good one about uh, the good news you're not hearing about race. Um, what about uh, the word equity that we're hearing so much uh, now, Wilford? Is, what, what should we take from that, and where's that headed? One thing that I would say to the bosses or the people in the business world that are listening to this show is when you hear about this critical race theory stuff or this implicit bias stuff, realize that to some big extent, this is a trap. So I, I actually got suckered into this in my last pre-academic boss role. When someone says, do you want equity in your business? Everyone's going to say, yeah, right, because you think of that as meaning equality. That, yeah. That's not what any of this means. Critical race theory is the idea that what look like neutral systems like SAT testing or corrections, you throw rapists in jail, are in fact set up to oppress, say, black people or now you know, Hispanics even more, that, that sort of idea. And again, this, the evidence for this is that there are differences in performance between groups, which, remember, have to be due to racism. What equity means is what a lawyer would call proportional representation that any time there aren't an exactly proportional number of members of each group doing something, you found evil. And in reality, again, this is an asinine idea. I mean, this would mean that the NBA is one of the most racist organizations on earth because it's 70% black. So mm-hmm. what we want is equality. We want everyone starting at the same line. We want fair public schools for black kids and poor white kids. What we don't want is equity, which means that 50% of linebackers have to be women. Yeah, and and uh, somebody gave a great example of, uh, of of a cop who finds out that um, equity equity would be uh, not enough women are getting speeding tickets, so he would purposely go out and and fake the number of women who are speeding just so that the men it would equal the men, or he would give men fewer speeding tickets so that the the, the numbers would be equal. And that's not equality. Yeah. That's that's it's stupidity is what it is, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, this has actually happened in real life. I mean, it was, I believe Albany, it was one of the New York cities, found that men in, males in three groups, black, Italian, American, Puerto Rican, were getting suspended from school at disproportionate rates. So their conclusion wasn't, well, let's look at what we can do in homes in those three communities or what we can do about the yeah. gang scene or something like that. It was, we need to get an equivalent number of suspensions for uh, Asian women or something like that. And the reality that Asian women might fight less than Italian-American men never seemed to strike anyone. You know, and it, it, we, we do, if we want to avoid idiocy, have to assume some of these things. Older women don't drive fast as much as younger men do. These are realities, politically right. correct or not. Uh, i got about a minute and a half left, and you're a professor, as I said, at a historically black university. I'm curious, how respe- uh, receptive are your students to this narrative that they're not getting from the media or from groups like Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about the, narr- the, the points you make in your piece about there's not enough good news being told. Well, some agree with me, some disagree with me. And in fact, quite a few agree with me. I mean, Kentucky State is a top 200 U.S. university. So these kids don't expect to be poor and oppressed their entire lives. They expect to go on and work for IBM and Cisco Systems. But I mean, mm-hmm. the one thing that I do hear from them quite a lot is, why haven't we heard this perspective before? When you pull out these books from like Booker T. Washington and Thomas Sowell and we look Google them and we see 10 million copies sold and so on, why hasn't this ever been told to us before in school? Like, why don't we know that Martin Luther King's son is nearly as famous now and he's a Republican? You know, I mean, you don't have to vote either way, but just why haven't yeah. we ever heard this? Why has it all been crumb? And I think that's a very legitimate question in terms of who is feeding the narrative to our kids, especially our minority kids. Well, I, I guess we could have a long discussion about who's defeating that narrative and why, but um, I think I'm out of time. Um, so I, I always appreciate you having, on, having you on, uh, uh, Wilford. The stuff you have is just unbelievable. Everybody should check out your piece at Commentary Magazine uh, today and check out your books, uh, one of which, Taboo, Ten Facts You Can't Talk About. I really appreciate you coming on. Sure. Glad to be on. Have a good day. Okay. Okay, we'll do it again, I hope, sometime. And that is Wilford Riley. 
a political science professor at Kentucky State and a very, very smart man. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Governor Andrew Cuomo says New York State residents over 30 will be eligible for COVID-19 vaccinations starting today. And everyone over 16 will be eligible starting April 6th. Day two of the Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis, a former wrestler who witnessed the incident with George Floyd, took the stand today. He said he was trained in mixed martial arts, including chokeholds. U.S. home prices increasing at the fastest pace in seven years in January. The S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller 20-City Home Price Index rose 11.1% in January from a year earlier. That is the biggest gain since March of 2014. On Wall Street, stocks finishing lower today. The Dow dropped 104 points. The Nasdaq was down 14, and the S&P 500 was off a dozen. This is SRN News. Excuse me. Why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? SelectQuote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. AM 1250, The Answer, The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. Biden recently held an undisclosed East Room session with historians about how big is too big. They're going to try to seize the moment and be in control and in power for the rest of history. They are crazed with trying to snatch power, and we need to be aware of it. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. My name is Namrita Singh Gujral. I am a filmmaker and an immigrant. My film, America's Forgotten, uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in the channel. I can go to the police. I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. The public would be outraged if they knew the truth. I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden for fear of retribution. If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. For additional savings, enter promo code Pittsburgh at checkout at SalemNow.com. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Robinson Township Christian School. Find a school that's right for you at theanswerpgh.com slash tuitions. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. Seeing lots of rush hour congestion out there. Outbound Parkway East Boulevard of the Allies stacked up out to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. On the inbound side, slowing, making your way into the Fort Pitt Bridge. On the Parkway West, that's going to be a slow ride on the inbound side. Green Tree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound 28, also some rush hour congestion from Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. Hill District in the city, watch out for an accident. Center Avenue at Francis Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. 
Weather. It'll be mild tonight with increasing cloudiness. We'll see periods of late night rain, the low 53. Tomorrow, cloudy with some rain at times, the high 56. Tomorrow night, rain changing to snow as it turns much colder. Snow accumulating a coating to an inch or so before tapering off late. Watch for slick spots by daybreak, the low 30. Thursday, mostly cloudy, windy, quite cold. A couple of snow showers, high only 33. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Andrew Cuomo is still governor of New York, and the last time I checked, the number of women accusing him of sexual harassment or assault was up to nine. Uh, Nobody knows how many people died because of his work in the early days of the pandemic. But he has a new scandal to deal with now. Amy Britton is an investigative reporter for The Washington Post. She's been working on that story, and she joins us now. Amy, thanks for coming on. Of course. Good afternoon. Hey, uh, so, uh, we had John not that long ago to talk about a completely different scandal for, for him. This one uh, a little bit different about preferential treatment for his family and uh, friends during the early days of the pandemic. Who got the preferential treatment and what did they get? You know, so our reporting shows that the preferential treatment was extended to his family members and other well-connected New Yorkers who kind of had access to a system that was not available to the general public. And our sources have said that the system involved uh, preferential treatment at the testing centers, in some cases visits to their home or hotel rooms. And then not only were they given preferential treatment up front and, and the scheduling process and actually getting the test done, and keep in mind we're talking about March 2020, when tests were extremely scarce and a lot of people were unavailable to get tests, we're also talking about preferential treatment kind of on the back end of the process. So in many cases, uh, these samples would be rushed to state troopers who were waiting in their cars nearby, and then the state troopers would drive these samples hours to a lab in Albany to be expedited. And then once at the lab, uh, they were uh, getting a process that allowed them to have results in hours or a day compared to, you know, up to a week or even longer at that other New Yorker space and waiting for those results. And at this time last year, there was widespread panic, especially in New York. Uh, And we were told catching COVID-19 was a death sentence. Uh, Most people were terrified. Um, So how important was access to resources at the time? You can imagine that the pressure on anybody in government to uh, pull a string for you, you know, pull pull strings for somebody. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it's interesting. As part of the reporting process, I went back and I watched a lot of these press conferences that Governor Cuomo was holding at the time, you know, and and you watch them back and it's almost like watching a horror show in slow motion, you know, because you're you're seeing things unfold, you know, March 10th, March 11th, March 12th. And you're hearing at the time just how few tests there were. In the first couple of days in March, they only had the ability to run maybe 200 or 300 tests in the entire state, a state with like 19 million people. Right. So you can see mm-hmm. how uh, people who had access to power um, would be inclined to try to use it to, to get perks. Uh, but our reporting shows that it went far beyond, you know, someone calling and asking for a favor. This was actually a system that was put into place. There was a separate data sheet that was kept at one of the operations center where VIPs and, and priority testing was kept on the separate sheet and the general public was kept in a completely different database. So this almost became like a formalized way to treat these individuals. So the trick was to get on the sheet. Uh, that's what that's what our sources said, and you know, um, the individuals I spoke to have uh, a respect for HIPAA. Uh, so I, I can't, you know, go on your radio show and give you names uh, because right, these individuals right. are, are are declining to share names in a lot of cases. But the, what they did tell us is, look, you know, these are individuals who, if they wanted to get a test, had the resources and the education to coordinate such such uh, uh, services to be provided, you know, at their penthouses in Manhattan. These are individuals who had no business using state testing teams to come to them. And, and that's kind of what we were looking at for this piece, is just the use of state resources, especially during such a crisis. Uh, so not only do you see the resources with the state testing teams, but you also see it with the state troopers. And the idea is that you're sending first responders to, to drive a sample, you know, from the shoe designer, uh, Kenneth Cole, who is the brother's, uh, uh, the governor's brother-in-law. 
And, you know, that's one question that I posed to Governor Cuomo's team is, you know, what does Kenneth Cole have to do with the uh, COVID pandemic response for the state of New York? And, and they didn't really have an answer for that question. And and a, a state trooper would be given um, a, uh, a sample uh, to be taken to this uh, location to be tested. And that was his only job was to rush that sample. How far away was he going, he or she going? to uh to deliver this I mean, yeah what, yeah some of the nurse some of the some of the nurses described this pro some of the nurses described this process and they said they were stunned because they would you know bring the sample in the cooler to the state trooper and then maybe there were three or four you know samples in the cooler from from family members who had come together and then the trooper would take off just with those samples and drive them all the way to Albany. And, and from the testing center that, that I was researching and, and the people that, that I spoke to worked there, it would be at least two to two and a half hours one way. Uh, so, so you're talking about basically taking up a good chunk of someone's day to transport that uh, and not wait, you know, till the end of the day when they have more samples. And, and just to be clear, this was a process that was very different from if you or I showed up to one of these testing centers. You know, actually, uh, members of the general public had their samples in large part being sent to a lab that was out of state called bioreference and a courier from that lab would come up and get the samples you know throughout the day and and transport them to new jersey this was not like a state trooper escort that would be sampling or that would be taking my sample or your sample amazing uh and how many people are are we talking about here who got bumped to the front of the line well, the sources that we've spoken to um, are, are talking about kind of a, a sliver of time, right, in, in the early pandemic response. If you, look, if you look at March, they said that in that time frame, at least 100 individuals were prioritized through this data sheet that was held at one regional operations center. And, you know, I don't really have visibility or, or our sources didn't have visibility into if this practice extended to other, you know, regional operations centers across the state or if it was isolated to this one site. Uh, but it, it was definitely more than a couple of people. We did find, though, through our reporting that uh, the one individual whose, uh, whose care kind of took up an extraordinary amount of resources was the, was the governor's brother, uh, Chris Cuomo, who's the CNN host. You know, he received multiple visits to his Hamptons home from one of the top state physicians who worked for the Department of Health, whose pandemic portfolio involved coordinating testing for nursing homes at the time and other congregate settings. So that's also uh, diverting state resources of someone who has a high-level job and is responsible for protecting very vulnerable people, sending that person, uh, you know, 90 miles from New York City to to, to the Hamptons home of a, a CNN host. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned that in your reporting, and we're talking to Amy Britton. As she's done the uh, along with a couple, two other reporters for the Washington Post, a story about the um, the preferential treatment giving to friends of the governor uh, in New York, um, not just friends of the governor, but state officials, I guess. Um, uh, and in your reporting, you 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 talk about um, uh, this woman who was a, a major doctor, a top state doctor. She's spending hours at his brother's house in the Hamptons. I mean, what? what I mean, it's it's one thing to it's bad enough to send. First of all, you said she's ninety miles away from where she's supposed to be, and she's tied up for hours dealing with his brother. Yeah, it certainly raises a lot of questions. Uh, you know, Chris Cuomo, to my knowledge, was not involved in running. You know. <laughs> Uh, state operations for the state of right. New York. I'm, I'm I'm not sure what the what the reason would be to justify such a response. And for some earlier reporting on this system, I talked to an ethics expert who said, "Look, you know, if you're going to uh, use a system like this to prioritize people, there should be some reason that you should be able to justify it to the public. Like it should be above board. You, you should be able to say." why you did this, why you sent this doctor to Chris Cuomo's house. But, but the state of New York is not engaging on that point. Uh, the only thing that they've really told us, I thought that was interesting last night, is they said to the extent that this occurred, uh, referring to the preferential treatment of family members of Governor Cuomo, the governor was not aware. So they are making the case that Governor Cuomo had no knowledge of this type wait, of wait a minute, Amy. Are they are they saying that Governor Cuomo didn't know this doctor went to his brother's house? Are they trying to get people to believe that? 
that's how I read the intention of the statement. You know, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. How dumb do they think people are? Um, it's uh, so, and, and state officials are also just denying any special treatment, right? I mean, how credible are the denials you're getting? Yeah, you know the the, the denials were pretty fierce from from their end, and as we were getting these denials, we obviously went back to our sources and said, you know, are you sure? You know, we went back to all these people. You know, we have seven accounts in the story, and they they said 100 percent they stand by their accounts, and these are people with direct knowledge of how the system functions and uh but but the department of health and and the state of new york says it's not true you know and and they they have a very strongly worded statement but then like i said that later statement came in that said to the extent that this occurred which to me when i read that leaves open the possibility that they're not denying that it occurred (laughs) um otherwise they would they would say it did not occur kind of introducing a that, that clause at the beginning of the sentence i thought was was revealing in some ways very, um, very uh, politician-like. Um, if, uh, if I know the Governor Cuomo has been under, obviously under some major scrutiny here lately, uh, the last few months, starting with the sexual harassment stuff and uh, and the deaths in the nursing homes and all that. Um, so the, the the there was obviously still more attention on him here on this issue that you wrote about. I'm just wondering uh, how many governors you could find would be guilty of the same things if you investigated them? Would would you be shocked to find out that the same thing was happening in Pennsylvania, you know? Yeah, I've seen some comments uh, kind of along those lines, you know, and I I, I don't read all the comments, admittedly. (laughs) But but sometimes I I see Twitter responses and something, and people... Some people seem to have the impression that uh, a number of politicians in power would use that power to protect people and their family, especially in the midst of a of a deadly pandemic. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have the resources to investigate every uh, every governor yeah. <laughs> at the same time. And obviously, this this has kind of uh, come to light through our additional reporting that we've continued to dig into what was going on with the Cuomo administration, not only in regards to sexual harassment, but these other allegations. And um, I don't know, you know, I don't have reporting along those lines. Certainly uh, it seems like a lot of the readers are skeptical that this is unique in any way. Uh, but I, I, I definitely think as a, as a reporter, it's worth bringing to, to light because at the same time, that this was happening, Governor Cuomo was giving a public message to the people of New York that we're all in this together and this is going to be a concept of collective sacrifice in order to get through this. And I think that the actions that we've reported on uh, directly contradict that message. Yeah, we're talking to Amy Britton. She's an investigative reporter for The Washington Post, uh, a story on um, Governor Cuomo and what was going on in the early days of the uh, COVID hysteria up there. Um, is the New York Attorney General interested in this, Amy? So her office issued a statement uh, after our first reporting and, and reporting by the Albany Times Union uh, last week, essentially saying that they found the reports to be troubling and they encourage encouraged the state commission on ethics to look into the matter. And I reached out to that uh, ethics commission and they gave me a response saying we cannot, you know, confirm any active ongoing investigation or ever basically discussed an investigation. So uh, I don't know if they're looking into it. Uh, I know that an additional uh, state legislator filed an official complaint with that agency as well with the commission after our first reporting. So I I guess it it wouldn't be through the AG's office. It would be through the commission if, if anything additional came to light regarding this reporting. Is this story going to fade away? Or is it going to, is it, I mean, how how much farther can it go? I mean, you've reported on it. Now what? You know, I'm, I'm certainly intrigued by it. It's been a very interesting story to report. You know, we had the initial reporting last week. And then for me, the most important thing with the follow-up is let's explain to the readers 
not only does the system exist, but let's explain the X's and O's of how it actually works and how resources were diverted and moved in order to kind of support this system. And I think in some ways that reporting is is always a little bit more difficult to nail down than, than the initial piece about the existence. And um, I can only speak for, just from my experience in my job as what I do. I think it is a very interesting topic to continue to look into. And all I can say is we are open to continuing to report on it. You know, we're continuing to dig and, and who knows, because, uh, because you see the number of stories come to light that for some reason were, were not known to the public for just about a year. I mean, uh, this, this situation was essentially kept in the dark for almost a full year, which is kind of remarkable to consider given the number of people that knew about it. Mm-hmm. I have about a minute and a half left, Amy. We had you on a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, to talk about the sexual harassment uh, story with Cuomo. Um, what's happened with that? I mean, I, I, as I said before I introduced you, that I think he's up to nine. Um, anything it, uh, new that you can tell us about that story? That story seems to be getting less and less attention, and he seems to be just stonewalling it and hoping it's going to go away. It's interesting because his clear... Um kind of response to the allegations was to ask the public to wait, right? To wait for the Mm -hmm. results of the attorney general probe to give this process a chance to see what that report turns up. And at this point he has survived a number of serious allegations and he survived a wave of calls for his resignation. There was one Friday a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it's been longer than that now. I don't know. I lose track of time where a number of members of the congressional delegation, one after the other, like in these rapid fire statements, called for him to resign. And when he survived that day and didn't budge, um, it became clear to me that he's in this for the long haul, right? And I personally don't see a situation in which he, you know, would, would resign or anything before the results of this probe. So I think it's all kind of hinging on this probe and and, and what it turns up, and, and if any of these allegations are corroborated by the Attorney General's office. So I know that people are waiting for that. Uh, so I guess that, that's kind of where we are at the moment. I think you're right. It's not getting as much attention as it was a, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, Amy, great work on that story. Great work on this uh, the new one with the uh, special treatment to people during the, the COVID hysteria. And uh, I always appreciate you having on. Great stuff. Good work. Congratulations on a great story. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. I use MyPillow, and I'm sleeping much better lately. You can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, robes, and so much more. For example, they're bringing back the buy one, get one free offer for the Giza Dream Sheets. That's right. Buy one set of sheets and get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for the Giza Dream Sheets. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great radio specials. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. 
Enjoy. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess. If you have a bowel blockage, get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Lens S and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Lens S and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit LensS.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by AbbVie and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Oh, it's interesting. Uh, Wilford C. Riley, who's our guest in the first, uh, our first guest, he uh, made some great points, and uh, you, you should read his stuff. He's uh, a really smart guy, and he's a, he's a uh, professor at a, a historically black university, and he teaches stuff that's pretty much against the grain when it comes to uh, what's being taught about race and what happens in America. And he has a lot of very annoying facts for people who like to push that narrative. And um, and with this the trial going on, that's why I wanted to have him on, because with the Chauvin trial going on, um, that the, the subject of race is even more in the air now than it has been. And it's been in a, uh, an unbelievable amount since that incident a year uh, about a year ago, I guess May. Um but but um, the the one thing that hasn't come out on the trial, and, and someone can correct me on this if they'd like to at, at Twitter at Stogger World, um, uh, they're going to discuss whether or not Chauvin's a bad cop, whether he what he did was uh, wrong, and that he should be charged with uh, a murder, if not manslaughter, uh, or manslaughter if not murder. I guess I should say. But have you seen anywhere any indication that race had anything to do with it? Anything to do with it? What Chauvin did? I mean, maybe it did. Maybe there's a, or people out there who tell you that he was a, an out-and-out, out-of-the-closet um, out racist, and it was only a matter of time till he took it out on a black person. I haven't heard it yet. It's only two days into the trial. I'd be interested if someone could come up with one example of it. I think that's kind of important. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.